Dagon's Illusion, Episode 33, Angel Turds. Where? Where, where? Some, somewhere. Look, 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 look. Don't stop. No, never, never. As Eustace wandered through the flashing, glowing darkness of the mansion, he was so tired that he could barely put one foot in front of another. Like a child, he had boundless energy until it ran out, and then he would crash. He had felt like crashing for a long time, yet had pushed on. But his ability to focus was fading, and the distractions were growing worse. It was when he was exhausted that his mind was most vulnerable to high strangeness, and strangeness swirled around him. The strings were very bright tonight. Normally, he couldn't see them. They were visible only when he was very tired and it was very dark. Though invisible, he knew they were always there. Tiny glowing strands and everything from chairs and walls and rocks and trees and cars to mountains and oceans and even to people. In this world of his lumbering body, everything was made of strings. The way they flowed together turned the world into a huge piece of shimmering cloth. Tonight, the strings were going crazy. If the thunder hadn't been so loud, he could have heard them because each one made a tiny noise. Together they formed soft, eerie music of glowing light. Sometimes in the quiet darkness when he was exhausted, he could hear the singing of the strings that made up his own body. He had decided that everything in the whole world played different songs and wondered what it would be like to hear them all at once. But tonight something was different. The light that glowed from the strings had changed. Eustace began to see something that he had never seen before. There were rips in the strings, some large, some small, and behind the rips there was total darkness. As he wandered through the dining room, a long, narrow rip opened between his feet. Bending down, he stared at it, then jumped back. Beneath the rip, vague, glimmering shapes were flowing up toward him. As he watched, hundreds of them spewed into the room, then congealed into individual forms that scattered in the air. Angel turds. So that's where they came from. Eustace had seen them many times in many places, but had never known how they got into the world. He had thought they were always like huge flying rats. Now he was watching them enter. They came out of rips in the strings. Maybe there were rips everywhere, and that's why there were so many of them. Ever since he could remember, he had seen them clustering by the thousands wherever people gathered. There were always huge gaggles of them in shopping malls and movie theaters, even in church. For some reason, they seemed to love floating over interstates. When they were still, which wasn't often, they liked to stand in corners. Maybe there were more tears in the corners of things. However they got here, Eustace had always hated them, and he was sure they hated him. When he was a child, every time he found a group of them, he would stick his head in the middle and spit. This had gotten him in a lot of trouble, especially in stores. Since he had grown up, he had tried to ignore them, but it wasn't easy. What they did to people made him mad. While most were really ugly, some were beautiful, and the beautiful ones were the nastiest and most dangerous of all. Like big mosquitoes, they sucked the life from people, then disgorged crap into them. And they didn't do it from the outside, they got inside. He had watched them suck and poop many times. That's why he had named them Angel Turds. Apparently they didn't like the name and that was one of the reasons they hated him. They were always in the club. When it was packed, they would leave their corners and mingle searching. 
When they found someone they liked, they would swarm. The first chance they got, they would vanish into his body. Usually the chance came when the person was drunk, but not always. Some people brought angel turds into the club with them. When angel turds had been living inside a person for a long time, the result was bad. Their heads and arms and legs would stick out of the person's body, sloshing around drunk on the life they were sucking. The people they lived in were always in terrible shape. The more angel turds they carried around, the worse they were. Very sad or frightened or angry and sometimes just plain nuts. That's why Dagon kept bouncers to handle the angel turd people. Not that they knew what they were dealing with, only Eustace could see the truth. A long time ago he had tried to warn people about angel turds, but it had just gotten him in trouble. Eustace had a very poor command of language. He would run up to an afflicted person, point at him, and yell, You, 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 angel turd, angel turd! The response had never been positive. Finally, it had come to a head. Dagon had staged a seance at the club. It was Halloween, and the whole thing was supposed to be nothing but tricks, not a real seance at all. The show had been performed in the round for an invited audience of a hundred, with a magician medium on a low stage. The presentation was well along when Eustace had wandered in. The first thing he noticed was that the room was glutted with angel turds and they were very agitated. The magician had done a series of tricks using slates and bells and ghostly touches, all designed to prove that spirits were present, though few believed this was true. That's where it was supposed to stop. But the magician hadn't stopped there, though Dagon hadn't approved it. The man included a final act in which he pretended to talk with dead people who had gone to the other side, like actors and presidents and rock stars. It was during this that everything had changed. From fun, it got weird. Several members of the audience asked questions hoping to get answers from dead friends and relatives. The magician played along. He was a good actor who answered their questions by making educated guesses, but he had invisible help. When a question was asked, an angel turd would rush forward and speak into the man's ear. And it wasn't in a whisper. Eustace could hear what they said, though no one else in the audience seemed able to. The performer must have thought that what they told him were his own ideas. His face would light up and he would repeat what the angel turd had said. The response of the person who had asked the question was scary. Many cried and whispered, oh, thank you, thank you. As Eustace watched, he started mumbling, which was never a good sign. A woman was just receiving what she thought was a message from her little daughter who had died, when suddenly he jumped up yelling, Angel turd! Angel turd! Rushing onto the stage, he had picked up the magician, thrown him over his shoulder, and run from the room. Needless to say, Dagon had not been pleased even when Eustace had drawn a picture of the particular angel turd that had whispered to the man. He didn't like fighting lawsuits from performers who claimed whiplash caused by mentally challenged employees. So Eustace had been yelled at and told never to say the words angel turd in the club again. That had been the last seance held at Dagon's illusion and the last time Eustace had tried to warn anyone about angel turds. Now in the darkness of the storm, he saw more of them than ever before. Why were they here? There were no crowds. But he was too tired to think about it. He was too tired even to spit at them. After staggering through the main floors of the mansion, Eustace slogged into the back halls. 
through room after room he went, searching in pantries and storage closets. It was a big house. Finally, in tears, he stopped and leaned against a wall. Not, not nowhere. Gone. Gone. Next to him was a window. Suddenly, outside, there was a flash. He turned and looked out. From where he was standing, he could see across the yard to the labyrinth with the mausoleum at the center. Hovering around it were thousands of angel turds. Their glistening forms circled over the squalid little building like a cloud of vultures. Eustace squinted. There was something on the roof of the mausoleum. A small ghostly shape that rippled and glowed. Then it grew, slowly taking on the form of a person. It was her. He was sure of it. She lifted her arm and pointed straight at Eustace. His mind blurred. As though in a dream, he stumbled to a back door and went outside. Instantly, he was drenched. He wiped his eyes, trying to see. The ghostly image on the mausoleum beckoned to him. Above it, the swarm in the air was swirling faster. Step by step, Eustace staggered through the hurricane toward the mausoleum, and the ghostly form grew ever larger and brighter. Finally, he was standing beneath her. She towered above him. He couldn't quite make out her face. All he could see was that from her rose mighty wings. The figure raised her arms and pointed at the angel turds. Then she pointed at the ground. With a scream louder than the hurricane, all of the angel turds streaked straight down and vanished into the filth and muck. Then the figure pointed at Eustace. From the black roiling sky, a shaft of blinding light fell onto him. As he looked up into it, there was a singing roar and his body froze. He was lifted in the air. For a moment he hung in the light. Then it vanished and he dropped to the ground. As Eustace lay unconscious, the winged form on the mausoleum faded away.